3: Alrighty, welcome back to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host Cameron DeBio, joined by Doctor Justin Quinn and Alex Goldberg. We welcome in our friend from Celtics Blog, Jack Simone. We're talking Game Seven, Jack. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thank you guys for having me, Cam. I have to say, I- I've seen you on Twitter all the time. Never knew how to pronounce your last name,
3: so it's very, it's very yeah. nice to-, to know that now. I go by Mister T in the classroom, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, Jack. We just said off air that this podcast could have gone one of two ways. It could have been a huge bummer or it could have been a big party and the Celtics dug deep last night. And so we get to party on the podcast. So we're going to talk about game six, look ahead to game seven, touch briefly on game five and a few other uh, less exciting things. Um, So let's start with what we saw in Milwaukee last night. The Celtics won 108, 95. They outscored the bucks in every quarter. And the headline is Jason Tatum and his 46 points. Jack, immediate reaction
4: to game six? Yeah, I mean, you said it, Jason Tatum, 46 points. Uh, the Bucks cut it close in the fourth quarter. Celtics almost did another blown lead masterclass as they had in game five. But Jason Tatum decided uh, we're not going out like this. And he said after the game, something, you know, uh, to the effect of I didn't want our season to end. Like, that's what motivated me. I wanted to keep going. I believe in the guys and this is probably the most tight knit group of Celtics we've seen in a long time, maybe since Jason Tatum's rookie season. And even that I'd take this team over that. So to see Jason Tatum literally put the team on his back and will them to a game seven, which will now be at TD garden, which I'm sure we can bring up as well because the Celtics, you know, didn't avoid the nets uh, in the last game of the regular season. It's a,
3: just a great sight to see. Alex and Justin immediate thoughts.
1: Uh, immediate thoughts. Of course, Jason Tatum appears to be making the leap before our very eyes. It was really just a spectacular game to watch. My brother and I were just screaming for like an hour straight. It was nuts. Um, but to the kind of note about what the, when the Celtics were in a, in a situation where they could have choked this game away like they did in game five, Um, I want to shout out, Jason Tatum was incredible, 46 points, star-making performance, all that stuff. But um, the other guys also stepped up in a really meaningful way. Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown in particular, I thought were both really, really great in exactly the spots that they needed to be. Jalen Brown had a couple of really important buckets in situations where the Bucs directed their entire defense to stop Jason Tatum. I'm thinking also about a really great uh, ATO by Ime Doka, where they posted up Tatum on the left block uh, and then had Jalen run across two stagger screens to get an open three in a really close critical situation. Um, and then Marcus Smart, who after a lot of people thought that he was kind of the primary responsible person for choking away uh, the Celtics late game execution game five, Marcus Smart responds with 21 points, five rebounds and seven assists and zero turnovers. I mean, he was just a spectacular rebound effort from Marcus Smart last night. Derek White, also great. Um, I think they've really found something with the small ball lineup. So Tatum is obviously the headliner um, and we will have many more games in which Jason Tatum will be the headliner. But um, this was a full squad effort and it was a really impressive one at that.
2: I don't have too much to add to that. That was literally what I was going to say. You were great at doing that. Uh, The The performance of Derek White, in particular, is another thing that we should probably talk more about, Uh, but also a couple of things involving referees I want to mention that were really critical, one of which, of course, is this game seems like just about everybody was okay with the officiating. Uh, That may be due to a certain person not being there, who we can also talk about in a moment, Uh, but the most important thing for me in this game, and it almost broke out again. Uh, I, I saw a couple of us online, like flipping out about it. And that's complaining to the refs. There's a lot less of it in this game. And it was, you know, predictably a lot a lot more uh, beneficial to the Celtic style of play. But overall, I think that This was a really, really good wind in the sails kind of a game. There was a bit of an edge in Jalen Brown's uh, post-game presser that I really appreciated. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with thinking past this game because it's, they're going to get the absolute shit kicked out of them. Excuse me for a string of the monetization this early. Uh, uh-huh. When when they face uh, Giannis uh, on the road facing elimination. So I don't think this is by any means a given at this point. But compared to where my head was at 24 hours ago, I am in a great mood.
3: Yeah, I'll... I want to pile on a little bit with, with the good vibes. Um, I said before the game online that whether it's Jimmy Butler or uh, Luca or Giannis, you know, like if you're going to win a title, it's because you have the best player playing the best. And until last night, Tatum was not as good as he had been in the net series. And he was not as good as those three players that I just mentioned. And this was that like, yes, I would like to be in the MVP conversation and here's my credentials kind of game. Um, We should talk about Giannis in a second. I, I think it also, It's worth pointing out that smart uh, Brown and Tatum combined for 89 of the Celtics, 108 points. Um, They really stepped up. Uh, Al Horford has been lights out from three, but he didn't hit a single three point shot last night. I mean, everything that had gotten them this far wasn't really there for them. There were a few times (laughs) where Tatum took a shot and I said, Oh no. And then it went in I was like, okay, I guess, (laughs) I guess it's fine then. So this was like a really heroic performance, a really endearing performance. the, all regular season long, we kind of worried, is the vision there? Is this like quasi big three plus Warford? Like, is this legit? Um, And they did all of this without Rob Williams, which I think is irrelevant. Jack, the Bucks are the defending champions. And Giannis went for, wait for it, 44 points, 20 rebounds, and six assists. Uh, But the Celtics still got it out a, a pretty obvious win. Game seven, what do you think is the formula here? Do you think... That, that kind of performance, the Celtics can survive again, or they got really lucky. Yeah, I've
4: been adamant about this the whole series. I don't think game planning for Giannis is going to win the Celtics the series. I think you need to game plan for everything around him because as we've seen, he's just going to get 40. It doesn't matter what you throw at him. It doesn't matter what you do. You doubled him in game one, and he had like a pretty off game, but the Celtics still lost because everyone around him killed you. And every game that the Celtics have won, they've slowed down the exterior and mainly drew holiday. Like when drew holiday plays well, the bucks win. And that's just kind of how the series has gone. Giannis can go for whatever he wants and it doesn't, necessarily matter and that sounds really weird to say because he's Giannis, and he's probably the best player in the. i'll take the probably out he's the best player in the world mm-hmm. like he, he's phenomenal he's everything like i hear a lot of people complaining about the whistle and, and this is my take on it it's he just has a different whistle and it's because he's earned a different whistle he's so dominant he's so physically gifted he's so amazing that they he just has a different system different rules that he plays by and that's not me complaining that's just he's just that ridiculous he's miami heat lebron mm-hmm. that's Giannis on the bucks so in terms of the whistle at the very least, but um, I, I think that he'll probably go for another 40, dare I say 50, but I, again, I don't think that necessarily matters as odd as that it just is to say. I think the Celtics have to focus on Drew Holiday. They have to focus on Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. Please keep him off the offensive glass. If, if anything, please keep Brooke Lopez off the offensive glass. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting big things from Giannis in game seven, potentially even bigger than what he did in game six. But again, I don't think that should be the Celtics primary focus. I do
2: think that I, I, I do take a little bit of an issue with, with game planning for Giannis game planning for stopping or even containing necessarily Giannis's scoring is largely a futile uh, exercise, but I do think that there's something there in keeping him busy and most importantly, keeping him from moving the ball to his teammates when they're open, because that is the thing that goes to exactly what you were talking about, like keeping the other people from being involved because they cannot retool their offense at this point in the series. So they're basically, I'm not sure there are any more major adjustments that could, you know, work besides a last quarter, oh God, hail Mary type of an adjustment. But running their offense through Giannis is what they do. And if you can take that away from them to force him to be the only person doing everything, then I think we get more of what we have been seeing.
1: And to that end, I think that's kind of the secret sauce with Al Horford this series is that um, Al Horford obviously had a monster game four from a scoring perspective. But outside of that, his scoring has been kind of in fits and starts this series. But what he's done uh, defensively every night has been just so impressive to watch. Like I was posting about it on Twitter earlier, but Giannis got 44 and 20 last night. With a lesser defender as his primary assignment, I think he could have gotten 60 or higher. And I truly believe that Like Al Horford is doing everything he can to contain Giannis to um, make sure that if he's getting 40, it's not going to be a fun 40 for him. He's going to have to work incredibly hard. And you can see it in Giannis's demeanor at the end of this game. At, and, and at the end of all of these games, he is visibly gassed every single time. And you know, he's a superhuman monster. So visibly gassed, he'll still be able to score and deliver uh points and everything. But um, the, you can tell that this is not an easy series for him, even though he's putting up monster stat lines, all of it is earned. He's having to work for everything. And to that end, I just want to give another shout out to Al who at 35 years old to be defending the best player in the world at the way that he's defending him is it's really spectacular stuff.
3: Yeah, Alex, I think that's a really important point because Horford didn't really show up on offense last night, but four blocks, really great defense. And that's so critically important because if Horford and Tatum and I guess sort of Brown, but not really can be the primary uh, defenders for Giannis. Then Marcus Smart gets to guard. Drew Holliday gets to guard for Wes, Wesley Matthews. Um, and that's when Jack, to your point, the perimeter really shuts down. Um, last night, the box shot a very icy 24% from three, which I don't know that the, we'll talk about game stuff in a second. I don't know that you can expect that again. However, having Marcus Smart, Uh, free safety around the perimeter is pretty helpful. Another stat that I think is worth uh, dwelling on that I don't know that will be repeated is that Giannis went 14 of 15 from the free throw line. So we got got to see the Celtics play really physical. We got to see Giannis go to the free throw line. And he is not historically a a clutch free throw shooter, but he really knocked that down. Um, So I'd be curious if they run it back with that level of physicality in game seven, because I don't think you can anticipate Giannis shooting that well from the free throw line again.
1: I actually Um, disagree with that, Cam. I think it's no longer, uh, Giannis has proven over and over again that in big games, he is going to shoot well from the line. I mean, we now have a pretty firm record on this. I just don't think you can bank on Giannis missing the line. I think you can, you can strategize around him getting free throws instead of easy buckets, but He's, he's making his free throws, and he's been making his free throws.
3: Not in the series, though. He's been shooting like 60%. from. It's just this past game that he showed up. And you're right, like the Sun series last year and a few times before that, when he needed to, he suddenly became Steph Curry at the line. But I don't know. I don't know if he just, like, turns it on or it's, it's a streak he's on. But I'm not sure that we have a firm data set yet. But you're right. There's a lot of evidence that suggests that when it's really – Go time! He for some reason steps up, and um, I would love to talk about Game Seven. But first, I would love to pause the action to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. They are the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Don't forget uh, this weekend as the uh, basketball we've got seven Game Sevens this weekend for you to check out. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to join. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Speaking of those seven game sevens, first of all, it's going to happen in a few hours. Shout out to the Bruins. Goodness. I hope they won that game. Um, but we can take a more measured approach perhaps to, uh, the other game seven that features a Boston team. And that's Sunday afternoon at TD garden home court really came into play after all, after all of that hand wringing. it really, really mattered. Um, so Jack, let's start there. Do you think that the box wish that they hadn't, uh, laid down at the end of the regular season?
4: I think maybe a piece of them, uh, If I'm being honest, and the Celtics fan in me, you know, is all go time, all, you know, Celtics wanted to smoke. In reality, the Celtics also probably didn't want to play the Raptors in round one for other, you know, things. But regardless, the the only thing that matters now is that it is a game seven. The Celtics are playing the Bucs and the Celtics get to play at TD Garden. Those are the only facts that matter at this point in time, right? Like Eastern Conference Finals, Miami's number one, whatever. I personally think winning in Miami is going to be very hard. Um, on the road, not that the Celtics can't do it, but before that even happens, the Celtics have the privilege of playing in front of Boston fans. Which, although they're one and two at TD Garden in the series, if I'm correct, I don't, I think that's right. Uh, it's still Boston. It's this Bucks still have to come into TD Garden and they still have to beat Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, probably the best defense in in the NBA outside of maybe the Bucks, which is crazy to think about how well they've been in the playoffs. Um in Boston right that's huge and a part of them definitely probably wishes that you know uh maybe if we had played Drew Holiday for more than 8 seconds in the last game of the season we could have beat that team and maybe we, we you know and shout out to Drew Holiday you got the bag you you, know, you got to do what you got to do but uh yeah i feel like looking back especially and i'll say this time and time again especially with the Middleton injury which sucks i mean you never want to see guys get injured and that would have probably changed the series Celtics still probably could have won but it, it would have a completely different outlook um, but if they were in Milwaukee for game seven, I feel like they'd definitely, you know, be feeling better about themselves.
3: Alex, I'll go to you first. The Celtics, I'm looking at our friends betonline.ag. They have Boston as a four and a half point uh, favorite. What do you think about that number, given everything that Jack laid out and given that these are the defending champions that the Celtics are up against?
1: Uh, I think... <laughs> Vegas is usually pretty good at this stuff. Four and a half seems about right. I don't think that this is, I mean, as much as I would like it to be a blowout, I don't think that we are in for that. I think Giannis is going to be playing 48 minutes. And I think the Celtics are going to have to weather the storm the whole way. But I think the home court thing does matter, even though the Bucs are two and one on the road in this series. Um, Game seven is why you want home court specifically. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that the Bucs can't win. Like, they definitely can. They've proven that they are capable of winning in Boston in a high-pressure situation. But the Garden is going to be a madhouse at 3.30 on a Sunday. And with the weather as nice as it is right now, like, that's going to be an absolutely crazy arena. And I think that um, if the Celtics play to their capability, and in particular, if they get... Cause I, I don't think they can do just bank on Jason Tatum carrying them again. That's not gonna work. Um, but if they can get both of the Jays rolling early, and as we saw that when when Jalen gets the energy from the crowd in game two, like he did in game two, they they can do something pretty special. If both of the Jays get rolling, I have a really hard time seeing the Celtics lose this game with respect to Giannis, who is the best player in the world and the Bucs can win it. I just think that. It's going to be such a gigantic ask of this Bucks team that is frankly shorthanded. And I think pretty gassed after what has been an incredibly challenging series for both squads.
3: Justin, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that as well. So uh, please tell us what you're thinking about that pretty impressive line, but I would also, as our man on the ground, so to speak, If you could also tell us about uh, the latest on Rob Williams as best, you know, and what you think about that. Um, I would love your expertise.
2: Well, um, regarding the overall game seven outlook, I think it's going to be real close also. Uh, I think it's going to follow the same general pattern that we've seen where each team throws punches, goes on runs and the other team finds a way to try to keep it close. Uh, I don't know who's going to jump out early. I just know it's going to come out close. And I do think that home court and having that bit of boost might be just the very bit of difference that it takes. Uh, with regards to Rob Williams, uh, you guys on Twitter see my PhD. Please keep in mind that is a social science degree, not a medicine degree. So <laughs> take anything I am saying about medicine with a grain of salt. I am as dumb as you are, <laughs> most likely, on this subject. Uh, what we have heard, uh, we, we, we know that he's been out because of some swelling in the same knee, which has been concerning. It is still concerning.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, we had some question of whether we should believe
2: the reporting that we're hearing that it was caused by a collision. With Giannis, I believe it because it came from Udoka. And Mm -hmm. unlike a certain former head coach of the Boston Celtics, who is very good at lying through his teeth (laughs) about things, uh, Udoka doesn't seem to have that gene going on in his pressers anyway. So I, I think that it is what happened i recall the one time and this was after and i kind of feel bad about it because i said on this podcast that if he is going to get fouled defending Giannis, that rob should just put his body in front of him and take the charge i no longer feel that way (laughs) (laughs) so um he is currently as of this morning being described by educa as day-to-day this is on saturday morning for me it sounds like I honestly, because it was so soon after the game, I thought we were going to be told that he was out for the season or something horrible like that. i like, why are they having a press conference at 9 a.m. when mm-hmm. they were having one at like 10 o'clock last night? This, what could possibly have happened between now and then? Luckily, that had nothing to do with it. Um, so it's mostly a pain management thing for him now. I don't think they're going to bring him back. I would like to know what your opinion is for game seven. I feel that, if maybe maybe they'll list him as available, but they won't play him, kind of a thing. Just in case there's foul trouble, so they have one more person available to take off the bench, so he's allowed to play. But I, if unless something like that happens, and you know you tried Daniel Tyson, he's very bad. Who hasn't been recently? I should point yeah, out. Yeah,
3: last night was great.
2: Yeah, unless something like that happens, uh, I don't expect to see him for the rest of the season if things go bad, or the rest of the series if things go great.
3: So, Jack, I'm going to go to you on this. I'm just going to put a big, fat time stamp that it's Saturday, 1223 East Coast time. So we know as much as Justin just laid out. So by the time the listeners hear this, we might know more. But as of 1223 East Coast time on Saturday, Jack, um, anything Justin missed about the reporting on uh, Rob Williams and what do you think might happen in game seven?
4: No, oh, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything he said. I don't think... This is a Rob series, really. He's kind of gotten bullied out of uh, most of his playing time. Daniel Tice is being played when Giannis is off the floor. And I think if Rob did come back, that'd probably be the role he's in as well. Uh, anytime Rob's in the game, Giannis just attacks him. That's something you haven't really seen with Rob because he usually plays off the ball. But uh, Budenholzer and the Bucks are finding him on the switches, getting Giannis in front of him and just <laughs> running at him. And whether that or not that caused his injuries, besides the point, the point is it- it's not a Rob series. Like I said, like you can't just throw him in and expect him to be the same guy uh, that he can be against most teams because the bucks are game planning for that. Um, I think what Justin said is, what I believe as well. I don't think he'll play in game seven outside of if they desperately need him. Like if they're getting killed on the glass, maybe you throw him in for stints just to kind of uh, weather the storm a little bit because that has been a huge area uh, of need during this series. Um, and maybe if Tice or somebody gets in foul trouble, you see him as well. But other than that, I feel like it'll be um, game plan for the long term. Let's get his knee right moving forward so he can come back for either the conference finals or next season, like Justin said, if things don't go to plan.
3: So. We, we're going to keep this brief. So we're going to wrap our game seven thoughts in a second. I'm going to give you a prompt. Um, and then we have a little bit of news, good and bad to just make mention of. Um, so I'm going to ask everyone their one X factor, their one key to victory for Boston and for Milwaukee. And since I just put this in your lap, I'll stall by going first. Uh, I think that the X factor, sorry, Alex for Boston is Derek white. His, (laughs) um, his defense is unbelievable. Um, it's not just on ball defense, it's that proactive team effort defense that spurs East that I love to talk about. Um, and as connective tissue, as someone who makes passes, who doesn't always make shots, but is there available to spread the floor a little bit. Um, Derek White was not the star of the show, but was really important in tonight's win. And I think he will be uh, really critical for Boston in game seven. I think for Milwaukee, um, I, I, I want to say Drew Holiday. I'll let someone else say it. I'm going to say it's Bobby Portis. Um, he has the athleticism, sometimes the outside shot, and the motor to muck things up. And certainly when Giannis is on the bench, but even when he's not, there's just not that much gravel in Milwaukee's gut. Um, they need some spit in their eye. They need something. And, yes, they have the composure of a championship team. We saw that in Game 5 in spades. I mean, it was a veteran championship team just making mincemeat out of a young team too big for their britches. Um, but you need a little bit of crazy. And Bobby is with so much love in my heart is that little bit of crazy and that little bit of streaky shooting. So my key to victory uh, for both teams is uh, two bench players, I guess. Jack, did I stall long enough? Do you want me to keep yeah, spinning my tires? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keys to victory, <laughs> Jack. Go.
4: Yeah. Uh, X-Factor for the Celtics. I don't know if you guys seen my unwavering love for Great Williams on Twitter, but I, <laughs> I love that guy. He's been kind of struggling ever since his game two masterclass. And I don't necessarily think the Celtics need him to play well to win. But if Grant Williams plays well, the Celtics... You know, that'll give them a massive boost, and that's why I think it's the X factor. Grant Williams hasn't really hit his shots again since game two, like I mentioned, and his defense has has kind of been like shaky, and that's why you've seen a lot of Al Horford uh, and even Jalen and Marcus uh, on Giannis. But if Grant Williams gets locked in, gets hyped up by the crowd, and as Justin mentioned earlier, doesn't complain to the officials when he doesn't get a call, which I love Grant, but stop, please. (laughs) I think that'd be a huge. Uh, boost for Boston. If he's making shots, you have an extra floor spacer on the perimeter, and if he's defending Giannis, Al Horford doesn't have to exert as much energy, even though he'll probably still match Giannis' minutes. And then for the Bucks, I was again, like you said, Cam. I was kind of leaning through Holiday just because he's been the flip flop guy. But man, Pat Connaughton's annoying, so I have yeah. to bring him up like <laughs> every time. It's just I I think I had four tweets about the Bucks uh, in Game Six, and three of them were Pat Connaughton, and one was Giannis. Like. He was just every time the Celtics made a run, he was there to make a ridiculous, he doesn't even like catch the ball. He just kind of like flicks it off his hand off the pass. It's it's so frustrating. Uh He's great at the rim. He's, he's good on defense. He's exactly the kind of guy you'd want on the Celtics, uh, on the wing and on the three-point line, but he's a killer, man. So I'll go Conant, even though, like you said, Drew Holiday's up there as well. So
3: Grant and then Pat. Just quickly, everyone in Boston knows someone who went to St. John's. So, just shout out St. John's. And for me, that's my cousin Justin, who has only nice things to say about Pat Connaughton. Um, Alex or Justin, I don't care who goes next.
1: I got it. Oh,
3: fine. Whatever.
2: <laughs> you always go before me. I, I always let you. Uh, I'm going to not take any players from you because for me, the X factors are not people, but execution. These two teams are so closely matched that the issue of turnovers for both teams. Are going to be critical. And most importantly for both teams, ball movement, or can they get the ball away from Giannis to the other players, as we were saying earlier? Can the Celtics not fall into the trap of playing the way the Bucks want them to by moving the ball as they have done to great success in the series? That is what is going to determine, I think, this series, because regardless of who's doing what, if they can't accomplish those basic things and exploit each other's weaknesses, then the other team is going to win, whichever one it is.
3: Well,
1: to that end, Justin, I think actually that your general take on turnovers and ball movement is right, but I also think that that can be personified in specific players. Uh, And to that end, the X factor for the Celtics is and always has been in this series, the play of Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus, when Marcus is playing well, when he's playing turnover free basketball and making the right reads um, and picking his spots, the Celtics have been winning games and they have been winning them in pretty epic fashion. But we've also seen the bad Marcus Smart, the Marcus Smart that uh, commits careless turnovers or takes drives when he probably should pass the ball things like that. So once again, I mean, I, I think it's kind of been the same X factor for really the whole series is this series is a referendum on Marcus Smart starting point guard and that full experience. And if he steps up and plays the way he did last night, then I think the Celtics are going to be in a really good position to win. Um, y'all have danced around it and not taken him, but I'm going to take Drew Holiday as the Bucks X factor. Because Drew Holiday is the Bucks' X Factor. When Drew Holiday is shooting the ball well, making good decisions and engaged on defense, the Bucs are a demonstrably better basketball team. Giannis, Tatum, Brown, those guys have largely been, I mean, outside of a really terrible Jalen Brown performance in game one, those guys have largely met the expectations or exceeded the expectations for them in this series. Um, the key is going to be the two starting point guards who set the tone for these respective offenses, whichever one of those guys has a better game uh, in game seven is likely going to determine the outcome. There is also just one other factor in that. I I think Milwaukee's guard rotation as a whole is pretty important as well. Um, George Hill has been getting crushed this series. Uh, There's no other way to put it. Every time that George Hill is on the floor, it seems like good things happen for the Boston Celtics Um, and Mike Budenholzer is in an interesting spot where um, he went out of his way to get George Hill back in the rotation uh, and I think is pretty confident in Hill. Hill has experience with this Bucks squad. Uh, He's, you know, I think pretty trusted by Budenholzer and the coaching staff. But Jevon Carter has been better than him this series, yeah, and he didn't, see, he didn't see like a minute of action in either of these past two games, which I found really surprising. So for game seven, I will be looking at who is going to be getting the backup ball handling duties for Milwaukee, because I think that might tell a pretty important story.
3: I'm not going to ask for predictions. That feels too precarious. I don't know what your relationship with the basketball gods are, but let's just... Let's just leave it at I, I hope both teams play hard. All right, a little bit of news and we'll get you out of here, Jack. Recently, we learned that Jason Tatum came in sixth in MVP voting. Brad Stevens came in sixth in uh, executive of the year voting. Emi Odoka came in fourth in coach of the year. I think Robert Williams was like eighth or ninth and most improved player. Jack, your estimation, and then of course, sorry, Marcus Smart was the, he came in first for defensive player of the year. Um, Jack, by your estimation, any of those names uh get a little hosed I don't know if maybe they should have won the award in your eyes but at least maybe ranked a little higher
4: uh I think Brad Stevens out of all of them I think he like uh shout out the Grizzlies I mean that was probably True. the best story of this season so they deserve it but I mean you talking you're talking about Al Horford coming back and not even just Al Horford coming back getting off the Kemba contract which love Kemba Kemba's awesome but
0: that, that swap
4: was, <laughs> yeah. That that swap was crucial, and the sixteenth pick. As much as you love Shangoon, like, come on, Al Horford's been everything for the Celtics. Uh, resigning Smart and Robert Williams this summer to good deals considering smarts, the defensive player of the year and Robert Williams just had a breakout season. That was huge uh, signing Schroeder and Richardson. I mean, now that they're gone, doesn't seem like much, but those were two great signings at the time. And then you flip them into pieces that are now fully a part of the Celtics playoff rotation. Uh, Derek mm-hmm. white and Daniel Tice. That was phenomenal. Everything he's done since he's been put in the spot. Uh, of president of basketball operations has been to give this team an identity again, and not not to mention the hiring of Ime Udoka, who finished what was he fourth, fourth in coach yeah. of the year voting. So. He hired a top five coach in the NBA. Obviously, this is not actually like (laughs) that's by the voting a top five player in the NBA. He extended the defensive player of the year. He brought back Al Horford, just dropped 30 points in a playoff game. He extended Robert Williams. He brought in, you know, there's so much he did this year. I feel like he deserved to be a little higher up on that list. But regardless, Jason Tatum, I thought was. Put in place, Justin. I see you raising your finger. What do you What, what do you got?
2: Well, he brought back in his canter, so I think that, that that's why he got so
4: low. <laughs> and his freedom. I'm
1: sorry.
2: And his freedom. And his freedom. I apologize. Freedom. <laughs> freedom.
4: Does yes,
1: he so get I... points for trading him to Houston and getting Daniel tice back? Though? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He does. Okay. <laughs> I stand corrected.
4: Absolutely. Um, Jason Tatum, I think was about right. That's probably where I would have had him too. I think luca and D Book probably edged him out a little with the Suns' performance, and then luca being just absurd um smart obviously was amazing uh i'm blanking here but i i think everybody was about where i would put them outside of brad stevens who i i do think should have been probably top three at the very least
3: yeah Alex.
1: Um, I mean, there's one thing with these awards that actually was quite surprising to me, which is that Grant Williams got zero love for most improved player. And mm. I didn't think he was going to win. I love this. Push my agenda. Was, well, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't think he was going to win, but I thought he would at least get some votes, like something, anything yeah. at all. Grant Williams has been great this season. And last season, there were real questions about whether he would like be in the NBA for much longer. So th- I think his turnaround has been about as impressive as anybody's I didn't think he was going to win most improved player but I thought he should have at least gotten some love
3: yeah it's interesting no Celtics player got a single nod for six Man of the year and I think that's has as much to do with the fluidity that we saw on the roster as it is with the fluidity that we saw with the rotation um, Eric
2: White I think would have been a mix for it but because maybe next the year the teams,
3: yeah. Teams, yeah all right um, two more bits of news uh and then I have to keep moving so I I would love to stay and talk forever Um, The NBA has announced that there are new Conference finals MVPs And those Titles come with some Trophies named for Larry Berg, Magic Johnson, Bob Cousy And Oscar Robertson Which is uh, I don't know what it is, Jack what is it? (laughs) Nothing, I don't Really know the point of, like it's cool
4: Like I guess but it's just kind of another way to honor, you know, NBA legends, I guess. Just, I feel like they're just making up awards to honor Larry, like the people you mentioned, which is fine. But again, like, it's just kind of like why like those they will be like handing it, handing out these awards and Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Giannis will be like, Cool. Thank you. This isn't really what I wanted, but I'll I'll take it. We got to go play in the finals now. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> it is going to be cool when Jason Tatum wins the first ever Larry Bird <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals MVP award. I'm just going to say that.
2: I I am actually into the idea, but I just want it to not be the semifinals or the conference finals. Excuse me. Um, just because the. Hardware for the rest of the season does not count the playoffs. So now we yeah. have this other like series of games that do we do something with them? Do they get their own? I don't want every freaking round to have something like this. That's a bit much. I think they should just move it back to cover from the first round on to the conference
3: finals. What was, um, what did Bird say about Matt to magic about this, Justin?
2: Oh, he just couldn't help. You know, they, they, have to pick at each other as is their want uh he said that if he could just find a way to win one of those uh magic johnson awards it would be a highlight of his career
0: <laughs>
3: cute yeah i don't know i think the finals mvp award which right now jason tatum has the second best odds to win the finals mvp if you are uh, feeling really excited about the celtics i always felt that that was that like playoff mvp i mean that was whatever flaws we had with regular season MVP, just go ahead and win the finals MVP. Um, So it's cute. I think winning a conference, uh, it's kind of like elevating the final four for the NBA. I think non teams that don't have as many banners as the Celtics, like getting to and winning a conference finals matters, Um, but we'll see. Let's check back in in like five years, if it's hokey, or if it feels meaningful. Um, One last bit of news, and it's uh, obviously not a fun way to end a podcast. Um, I I think a lot of folks will know that 20 people uh, over the course of several events were shot outside of uh, the Milwaukee stadium, including very close to the stadium um, the other night. Uh, So we just want to extend our thoughts and our best wishes to everyone involved. And what an American way to end a podcast on that wonderful note, Jack Simone of Celtics blog. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe, and where are you watching the game?
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. And like you said, uh, stay safe. Best wishes to everybody in Milwaukee. That's obviously not the best way uh, to end a podcast or end the game. Like just horrible things happening there. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Game Seven. I don't think I've been this excited and nervous and anxious about a game in a long, long time for the Celtics. Uh, so I'm. I'm hyped up. I'm amped. I think the players are amped. I think they trust each other. I think uh, they know what they have to do to win. Now it's just about, you know, executing and hoping Giannis doesn't score 90 points uh, in Game 7 because at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if he breaks some sort of record. Uh, But we'll see if that matters. I'll put it that way. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Celtics. We'll be back sometime next week, either looking ahead at the Eastern Conference Finals or... Uh, with a retrospective and who knows, it's not up
1: to us. Um, So, go Cs. Love and trust, let's go Celtics, baby!
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's
3: calendar. How did you do it?
4: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write.